Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to our daily scripture reflection. I am delighted to be with you on this Thursday morning, the 9th of March. And we are going to read some powerful scriptures today and talk about how they reflect on the human heart. A human nature, uh, the mystery of the closing of the human heart to God and the marvel of the opening of that heart to God's word so that we end up serving one another, especially the most defenseless. Let's go right into it with prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we repent of our sins. We know that when we pray to you, when we come to you asking for salvation, uh, we must acknowledge our need for a Savior, the fact that we cannot save ourselves, the fact that we have offended you in so many ways by what we have done and what we have failed to do, but also the fact that you are an infinite ocean of mercy, forgiveness, and welcome. So in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us and for every sinner, we come to you right here, right now, as individuals, as a community, we ask for forgiveness, renewal, a new beginning, because we believe, Lord God, in new beginnings. We believe in transformation. That is why we can welcome even those who have aborted their children. That is why we can welcome even abortionists who have dismembered thousands or tens of thousands of such children. We can welcome fathers who didn't have enough manhood to save their own children from being slaughtered and thrown in the garbage. And yet you can renew them, restore them, forgive them, give them a new beginning, raise them up in countless ways. The moms who suffer the wound of abortion, the abortionists, the former abortionists, our friend Abby Johnson, Norma McCorvey, Bernard Nathanson. Lord, we think of all these people this morning because it also reflects on us. Whether our sins have anything to do with abortion or not, you are the God of forgiveness and renewal, of new beginnings and redemption, of lifting up from the pit of darkness and despair and hell. So give us that fresh start this morning and let us have ears open to your word and hearts ready to obey it. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, um, I was with Abby the other day, and uh, we were both at the CPAC conference, a marvelous gathering of conservative leaders in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Let's get into the readings of uh, today. And as we do so, as always, leave us your prayer intentions. Let us know how we can pray for you this morning, because we all want to pray for one another. And after I give my scripture reflection, as usual, we'll go into that intercessory prayer for all of you. The prophet Jeremiah in the 17th chapter says this, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters 
that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes, its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. More tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy. Who can understand it? I, the Lord alone, probe the mind and test the heart to reward everyone according to his ways, according to the merit of his deeds. Psalm 1 is our responsorial psalm today. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Let's read from the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 16, starting with verse 19. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and feasted splendidly every day. At his gate lay, lay a beggar named Lazarus who was covered with sores, who would have gladly eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even came and licked his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, then they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. This is one of my favorite scripture passages, especially because of the way we can apply it to the protection of the unborn, which is my life's mission and the mission that so many of you are involved in as well. 
Lazarus was knocking at the rich man's door, begging at his table. You know, uh, when Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II, came to New York City in 1979, he read this passage and he said, the Lazarus of the 20th century, which that was the previous century, is knocking at your door. And he referred to the unborn child. And it's still true today. Now, the rich man didn't go to hell because he was rich. It wasn't because of the purple and linen with which he dressed or the sumptuous meals he had every day. That's, that's, that, that's not why he was condemned. You can be rich and still go to heaven. He was condemned because he ignored the other man. He thought that because Lazarus had less, he was worth less. Big mistake not to see the very voice of God begging to him in the voice of Lazarus. And this relates to the first reading. It's a verse, again, that I quote so often from Jeremiah. When I am told of or when I have to console people about the impossible to understand behavior of some people. More tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy. Who can understand it? Can you and I ultimately really understand what motivates people, what makes people do what they do or fail to do what they don't do? Love the ones they love, hate the ones they hate, vacillate back and forth between love and hate. More tortuous than all else is the human heart. You can't understand it. You really can't. I mean, we can understand certain dynamics. That's why, of course, we have the whole field of psychology and psychiatry. And I wanted to become a psychiatrist for a while when I was young, before I turned my thoughts to the priesthood. Because um, it's fascinating. I mean, well, what is, how does the human heart work? How does the human mind function? What makes us tick? It's not all that clear. We can see certain dynamics. We can learn certain things. That's why we can have the whole field of, of counseling. And of course, priests have to be well-trained in that. But ultimately, it's this verse from Jeremiah 17. More tortuous than all else is the human heart. Beyond remedy, only the regeneration of the heart in Christ, putting on a new creation, becoming a new man, a new woman, receiving the new heart promised through the prophet Ezekiel, in the new covenant, in the blood of Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, only then can the human heart be remedied of its tortuous, incomprehensible behavior. Now, part of that tortuous nature of the human heart and the difference between those who trust in the Lord and trust in human beings is reflected in this story of the rich man and Lazarus. Well, first of all, you have the rich man and Lazarus. How torturous the human heart. Why didn't that rich man respond to Lazarus' need? Who knows? The heart was closed. But, and then it was opened a little too late. Notice how, this is interesting because this particular parable uh, shows the rich man having some concern for his brothers. That's very generous uh, of, a, of, a, uh, of a thing to say because, of course, in hell, 
you don't have concern for anybody. You, you don't even care. But this, this, for the sake of the parable, we see him saying, oh, I don't want my brothers to end up here as well. But notice, those who trust in the Lord, those who trust in human beings, what's the difference? One of the examples of the difference comes out in these brothers of the rich man. Because Abraham says, all right, well, you don't want them to remain, you don't want them to end up where you are. You don't want them to remain in their selfish lifestyle, ignoring the other Lazaruses that are begging at their table. Well, let them listen to Moses and the prophets. Why? Because, brothers and sisters, the law of Moses and the prophets, and you read through the books of Exodus and Leviticus, for example, Deuteronomy, the concern for the poor is embedded there in the law and explicated by the prophets. The concern for the needy, the need to save some of the produce of the land, for example, for the poor, they were told not to take every last bit of grain when they're making the harvest, but leave some for the, for the poor and the homeless. The prophets cried out for justice and said that people would be condemned if they ignored the needs of one another. So they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. If they don't want to come to this place of torment, if, they, if their hearts are open to the message of the Lord, they will take care of the Lazaruses of, of, their, of their time and begging at their table. How tortuous is the human heart beyond remedy? Because then the rich man says, oh no, Father Abraham. Oh no, why not? He doesn't explain. He just says, oh no, oh no. No, 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 no. It's too hard to listen to Moses and the prophets. No, no. If someone goes back to them from the dead, then they will repent. Oh, really? In other words, they don't have enough evidence of what the right thing is in Moses and the prophets. What you're saying is the problem is they need more evidence. They need somebody to come back from the dead because when they see that miraculous happening, then they're going to listen. No, the problem is not the ev what evidence is or isn't there on the outside or whether somebody comes back from the dead or spoke in the scriptures. That's not the problem. The problem is that the heart is closed. If the heart is closed, Father Abraham is saying, and ultimately Jesus is saying, right? If the heart is closed to the word of God, more tortuous than all else and beyond remedy, then even if someone rises from the dead, the message isn't going to penetrate a closed heart. But if one trusts in the Lord and is attentive to the Lord, as the first reading and as the psalm said, meditates on his law day and night, let them listen to Moses and the prophets. If you trust in the Lord, you're listening to him. He speaks in silence and he speaks in his word and it's a whisper like he gave to Elijah the prophet, when he was in the, on the side of the mountain, a small, gentle whisper, so easy to miss, 
in the noise of life. You see, if we trust in human beings, so again, this first reading is so great. Cursed is the man who trusts in human beings. Why? You're listening to noise. You're listening to words from a human heart, because remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You're listening to words that are coming from a corrupt, tortuous, incomprehensible human heart. And therefore, you trust in human beings, you're going to be pulled left and right and back and forth and like a pendulum, all unpredictable. You're going to be led by, around by the nose to all kinds of, of baseless ideas, opinions, and activities. Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings because they have no anchor. They have no anchor. That's why they're barren. That's why they bear no fruit. The, tr the one who trusts in the Lord, Psalm 1 says, is like a tree planted by the running waters. It knows where it is rooted. It knows where to get its nourishment. It knows whom to listen to. It doesn't miss the voice of the Lord telling us to care for one another. But those who trust in human beings... They can't think for themselves. Oh, who are we supposed to like today? Who are we supposed to hate? What report about somebody am I supposed to believe today? Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings. The one who trusts in the Lord is going to listen to the word of the Lord and will not end up in that place of torment where the rich man ended up. Oh no, Father Abraham, but only if someone goes back to them from the dead, then they will repent. It's like the story in John chapter 9 of the man born blind. Everybody saw the same evidence. Never before had a man blind from birth been healed. And here it was. Jesus did it. And yet he did it on the Sabbath. So there was a division. Everybody saw the same evidence. But some hearts were open to Jesus, like the man himself, who ended up having his spiritual eyes open when he said, yes, Lord, and worshiped him. But others, like the Pharisees, same evidence was in front of them. But they rejected Jesus. They threw the blind man, uh, the man born blind who had been healed, they threw him physically out of the synagogue because he was believing in Jesus. Their hearts were closed. The same evidence was there. You could say, oh, well, only if a mighty miracle like healing a man born blind were to happen, then they would repent. Oh, really? They didn't. And so we can say it today in the battle over the unborn. The evidence is there in front of everybody. This is a human being. There's just as much scientific proof that the baby in the womb is human as there is scientific proof that you and I are human. And yet some close their hearts. The evidence has to be presented. Those who have an open heart will believe it. But the reason that just the evidence being presented is not enough is because so many hearts are closed. They'll look at the baby. They'll look at the aborted baby. Most people who see an aborted baby and go to lookatabortion.org to see one. Show it to your pastors, too. Show it to your bishops, too. They'll, most of them who see it, they'll wake up. Maybe get off, up off their couches, put down their scotch, and go do something about saving these babies. But so many have their hearts closed, where they can even see that kind of evidence and still be unfazed by it. More tortuous than all else is the human heart beyond remedy. Who can understand it? And Jesus said at the end of that story about the man born blind, he said to the Pharisees, and this sums up the lesson. This sums up the difference. 
between the one who's cursed because he trusts in human beings and the one who flourishes and is blessed because he trusts in the Lord, Jesus says to them, after they say to him, you are calling us blind, are you? And Jesus said, if you were blind, there would be no sin in that. But we see, you say, and your sin remains. Many people have criticized me since I was dismissed from the priesthood. They criticize me because they think they know what happened. And they think they know why it happened. They pontificate. Some of them Catholic authors of Catholic publications who should be so ashamed of themselves that they should go disappear and never be heard from again you know who I'm talking about, those of you who have done this. They pontificate about me and my situation as if they know the first thing about it, as if they were in any of the meetings over 21 years of battling against bishops who thought I was too aggressive on abortion. These people don't know the first thing about what they're talking about. But, oh, we see, you say we see and your sin remains cursed are those who trust in human beings that includes trusting in yourself trusting in your own assessment of the situation trusting in your own knowledge when you don't have a smidgen of knowledge cursed are those who trust in human beings cursed are those who trust in themselves blessed are those who trust in the Lord if we trust in the Lord we're going to see the Lord in one another. We're not going to rush to judgment. We're not going to condemn. We're going to welcome. We're going to listen. Because listening to the Lord, again, going to Psalm number one, he does not sit in the company of the insolent, because if you do that, you hear all kinds of gossip. No. You delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his law day and night. And when you do that, you see the Lord in other people. And you see the Lord in the Lazaruses that are knocking at your door. Let's pray. Lord, we are knocking at your door today because we need salvation. We are begging at your table because we need the bread of life. The bread of life, which is your word. The bread of life, which is your body. We need it, Lord. And so we beg at the table knowing that you are the generous God who will indeed fulfill our needs and give us our daily bread. For all those, Lord, that have left prayer intentions this morning, we ask your grace. Show your love for us in your constant answering of our prayers. Bless our leaders in church and in state. For those in positions of leadership who need to repent, give them the grace, Lord God, to repent today, for tomorrow may be too late. May they repent today. Lord God, bless those who need an improvement in their health. Comfort those who are in sorrow because of a loss. Give grace to those who are enjoying success that they may always refer all the glory to you. 
Give your spirit of discernment to those who need to make important decisions. And bless the intentions of all those whose prayers remain in the silence of their hearts. And give eternal rest to all who have died. We pray now, summing up all our intentions by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, it's great to share these thoughts with you today, friends. Um, stay tuned to all our special broadcasts uh, tonight. Of course, there is um, Praying for America uh, at uh, 8 p.m., but at 9 p.m., a special broadcast with Father David Begany, one of our active priests, and we're going to talk about ways that we encourage the clergy to deal with the number one most urgent, most important issue of our day and of all time, abortion. Join us at 9 tonight. Join us at 8 and then again at 9. Uh, endabortion.tv and all the platforms where you're watching now. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.